the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A quick look around us and we can lose heart. Evil tends to thrive, flourish, and succeed. But if we trust God, as we'll see today, their end is chaos and catastrophe. Way of Grace is next. We know that sin is pleasurable for a season. The Bible tells us that. But we also read of the fact that it is fleeting. It ends in disaster. It ends in chaos, catastrophe. And that's what we're seeing today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand as we continue our journey through Judges. We're looking at the sword of the Lord and Gideon. We're in chapter 7, verse 20, working our way through chapter 8 and verse 10 today. And we'll focus in on the fact that chaos and catastrophe always follows wickedness. And we see this clearly in Judges, as Gideon is used by God to thwart the enemy. Here's Pastor Jesse with more on this edition of Way of Grace. Look again at verse 18. When I blow with the trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpet also on every side of all the camp and say what? The sword of the Lord and Gideon. Boy, what a display of unity. What a display of conformity and therefore a display of increase and therefore a display of conquest. They all did exactly the same thing after Gideon did it. Do you guys see it? You remember what we said? God waited until the Midianites got good and sleep. And he allowed these 300 men to set up three quarters of position in the valley around the Midianites. And here is where Gideon gives them their instructions. And it was this act that we will more fully unpack as the last part of our presentation today that set the war off. It was this act. Gideon didn't run down the hill. Him and his fellows didn't run into the camp. They didn't fight a carnal warfare. They stood still and engaged in spiritual, psychological warfare. Did you get it? They didn't move. This was not a fleshly battle. This was God moving. This was God telling them as he told Israel under Moses back in Exodus 14, stand still and behold the salvation of the Lord. God knows how to make a way out of no way. He knows how to open the Red Sea. He knows how to deliver his people out of the hand of the wicked. But in order for him to do that, you got to stand still. And that's a moment of absolute trust in God where you put your carnal weapons down And you wait for God to show up. That takes faith, doesn't it? 
And here we are in this text looking at that. So under subpoint A and B, I'm going to skip C for a moment. The command to follow is clearly seen in verse 18. The cooperation of strategy is laid out in verses 16 and 17. As I had told you before, God had told Gideon, Gideon, I will have you to subdue the Midianites as one man. Do we see the one man conformity here? The unity, the cooperation, the display of one man. Gideon has now increased on all sides, has he not? And so the gospel does the same thing. When men and women obey the word of God and preach the gospel and teach the gospel faithfully everywhere in the world, Jesus is exalted. The battle is won, right? And so this is the opening of our uh, introduction into the nature of the strategy of the war that they're fighting. I will again reiterate it, ladies and gentlemen, to the law and to the testimony. If we do not speak according to God's word, it's because there's no what in us, no light in us whatsoever. Now, what do you mean by light? It was the light that set every one of those Midianites to chaos. And we'll get back there here in a moment as well. Then let's look briefly at point number two, the chaos and uh, catastrophe of the enemy. Now, this is worthy of development and certainly, again, application and mapping onto where you and I are in in our world. Because I told you at the end of our message last week, I really do believe that we live in a world of catastrophic chaos. At multiple levels that cannot be reasoned through or plumbed in terms of mere sociological phenomena. I believe this is an absolute spiritual judgment of God on humanity. I believe that men and women are losing their minds because they have lived so long in rebellion against Jehovah that he has let them go. This is called in the doctrine of uh, theology reprobation. He gave them over to a reprobate mind because they would not retain the truth of God in their knowledge. See, God will give you up if you want to be given up. He'll let you go. And he is letting men and women go. There is no explicable way to be able to rationalize why folks are talking the way they do and acting the way they do other than God has blinded the minds of those that do not believe. Now, if this is true, hear me now. You can talk to them until you're purple in the face. And some of you black people, that's hard to do. But you will avail nothing. So long as you don't understand that at the core of their ignorance is rebellion against God. And God has to remove the veil from them like he removed the veil from us. So therefore, as you are trying to reason with them and help them understand the diabolical agendas that are going on in our world and try to help them understand that they are in a bad place, you got to be the one who is simply cooperating with God. You can't be in front of God. It will not work for you to be in front of God. You can't tell God how you're going to do it. You got to be a co-laborer together with God. God's not your partner, you're his. And the only way we're going to ever see our loved ones overcome this absolute utter blindness is by prayer and careful engagement with them where they are and hope that God would honor that to bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, here's what we've got. The text tells us that all they did was ran, cried and fled. Is that what the text said? Look at it over in verse 22, uh, verse 21. 
uh, verse 20 rather. He blew the trumpet and broke the picture and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpet in their right hands to blow with all. And the men cried, the Midianites cried. No, I'm sorry. This is the soldiers. Then they cried the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp and all the whole started what? And what I shared with you last week was they ran in circles. They ran in circles because it was pitch black. They had been in the third watch. They were out of the second watch. That's 12 o'clock at night. They were in a deep sleep. They were startled out of the sleep by the uh, uh, blowing of the trumpet, the breaking of the pitcher, and now light everywhere. That just utterly discombobulated them. So they're running in a frenzy. Can you see that? They're running in a frenzy. But ladies and gentlemen, they're running in darkness. That's the world I'm in. Men and women are running to and fro. Anxiety levels are off the chart. Uh, Criminal behavior is prominent everywhere. Men are incoherent. They are irrational. They are upset. They're mad. They're angry. All kind of stuff is going on. And no one can really point a finger as to why it's happening because they are in the darkness of the Midianites. Remember, this is what Jesus said. When he comes, it will be night. Behold, I come as a thief in the night. And the night is not a physical night. It's a spiritual night. It's the condition of society when it has closed the book. You close the book, there is no light. You reject Jesus, there is no light. He is the light of the world. If any man follow me, he will never walk in darkness. And men and women have boldly said, well, you know, I don't need Jesus. Well, you're in darkness and you don't even know it. Now, I'm getting ready to help you with that. That's a very precarious place to be because what Jesus said in John 8, 12 was, if anyone does not follow me, he walks in darkness and he does not know where he's going. Sounds like these men. They do not know where they're going. And because they do not know where they're going, they're in a state of chaos. And now I want you to get this. Are you ready? They are out of Position. See, when you fight a warfare that's spiritual in nature, that is operating over against the dark realm in which we walk, because our world is full of darkness. Is that right? And so the, the, the battle we're fighting is a battle of darkness. In order for you to fight that battle successfully, as one of the soldiers of the Lord, you must Stay in your position. You cannot break rank in the dark. The moment you break rank in the dark, you are confused. Any soldier will tell you that. Well, I know we got all kind of new technology to see in the dark, but fundamentally the wars are fought in the dark. And the way you successfully fight a war in the dark is to know where you are and to maintain your position. Once you get out of position, you are now susceptible to both enemy fire and now being interpreted as the adversary. Does that make some sense, ladies and gentlemen? It makes all the sense in the world. This is why the believer is called to walk in order, not chaos. Colossians chapter 2, 5. Listen to it very carefully. And I could quote 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 33. Our God is not the author of confusion but a peace and order 
as is the case with all of his churches. Now, here's the reason why. Paul said to the church at Colossae, which had to overcome a lot of evil, he says, for, for though I be absent in the flesh, is he not here now then a type of the Lord Jesus? Is Jesus absent in the flesh? Is he in glory now? But is he not aware of everything that's going on? For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you where? Is Paul's words words of integrity? Of course they are. Let me help you with that. This is what I was getting across. To those who are part of the body of Christ, we are one in spirit. Do you believe that? Your Bible says it everywhere. Ephesians chapter 4 lays it out. There's one body, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one spirit, there's one God and Father who is above all and in all. We are one in spirit. So when Paul is way over in certain parts of Asia Minor speaking to other parts of Asia Minor, he says, I'm with you in spirit. Now, that can only be true if we have the same spirit. And if that's true, he is saying to them, I am where I'm at beholding you. Was that what the Lord is doing with us? You better know it. That's the reason why the apocalypse starts off with the seven churches of Asia Minor before it goes into a heavenly view of the judgments on earth to let the church know, as he says, I am beholding your works. Jesus is present with us now. He's present by his spirit. He's present in the ministry of his word. He's present in the life of his obedient people. He says, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit. Join and beholding your disarray. Join and beholding your opinions. Join and beholding your rebellion. Join and beholding your chaos, your confusion. Every man with a tongue, every man with a dream, every man with a revelation, every man with a vision. See, the church at Corinth had also collapsed under chaos. Am I making some sense? Their chaos was so bad, their sword was turned against the apostle himself. This is what we're getting ready to get into in terms of the practical application. When you're out of order, you end up fighting each other. Is that what our text is doing? Is that what the Midianites are doing? And it's because they're in darkness. One, they broke rank because of the strategy that God gave. Now they don't even know who the enemy is. They're running and they're crying. And notice what the text tells us. And they fled. And the text tells us over in verse 22. And the 300 men blew the trumpets and the Lord set every man's sword against his what? Even throughout all the hosts. That is something. Remember, we're dealing with over 120,000 men. Can you imagine? It's the middle of the night, one or two o'clock in the morning, and everybody is so in a panic, so spiritually blinded that they're thrusting through anything that moves. They're all killing each other like they're doing today in our secular world. Every institution that we can imagine is in a state of chaos, turning its sword on each other. Some of y'all know that because as you stand for what's right, your own institutions are turning against you. They're opposing you. People that you thought you had good relationships are thrusting you through. It's a good thing that you're saved. It's a good thing that you're born again. Because see, you can kill a believer, but he's going to rise again on the third day. 
See, we're not afraid of death. But I'm telling you, in our secular systems, education systems, our business systems, certainly in our medical institution, which is the center of this neo-tyrannical agenda, in our military, they're turning against their own soldiers. This is the Midianite darkness of Baal Peor. If a nation forgets God, it will be turned into hell. That's the world I live in right now. It's being turned into hell right before us. And don't you become maladjusted to the confusion. Because Christians love to just kind of become malleable. Don't you become maladjusted to this confusion. Confusion is not of God. He allows it to happen when you don't want to walk in lockstep with King Jesus. So we see the chaos everywhere in our families. We see it between husbands and wives. We see it between parents and children. We see this same Midianite darkness and chaos happening everywhere in our world. And we act like we don't know what's going on. What's going on is that men and women are out of position. Are y'all hearing me? Men are not men today. Women are not women today. Wives are not wives. And fathers are not fathers. Our husbands are not husbands. Because we've allowed somebody else to define who we are and tell us how to act. Right. So the, the Bible says, whatsoever seeds you sow, that it shall bring forth thereof or reap thereof. Kind begets kind. If you sow bad seeds, you're going to get bad seed. The chaos that's coming out in our lives is because we have been rebelling against God. I've been seeing this for decades upon decades upon decades. We are so exacerbated in our chaos and being out of position. We don't even know who we is today. And we're trying to redefine that chaos as being normative. And Christians are afraid to actually stand on the truth of God's word because they don't even know how to get back in order. The average Christian does not know how to get back into order. I'm going to say it one more time. The average Christian does not know how to get back into order. So far out of order, so maladjusted. It does, they're exacerbated when they think about what must I do to actually start walking in the obedience of faith and be what God has called me to be, a man. What do I need to do to be a man? You need to repent. You need to seek God's face. You need to beg him for mercy. It's only a few men in the earth. Not many men in the earth. You need to become a real biblical man. You need to learn how to provide, protect, and then maybe produce. But don't get it twisted. Because that's not a biblical man. And a biblical woman, she needs to be clear that God made her the complementarian opposite of the male, not a competition with him, not an equal alternative, but a complementarian opposite of him. So they fit like a glove. And two are better than one when it operates that way. But when you break that 
complementarian binary structure that God sets up. Now both gloves are left-handed gloves. You can't connect. Now we're seeking everything under heaven to connect with because we can't connect anymore. Am I making some sense? And I'm not going to spend any time talking about what it means to be that dreaded neo-Marxist slave of a wife, which you guys have bought into and sucked in for many, many decades. It's called being a modern woman today. I'll be married, Isaiah chapter 4 puts it. In that day, seven women shall take hold of one man. And they'll say, now we're going to work for ourselves. We're going to make our own money. We just need you to cover our, our head with the name. Do you understand that negotiation factor? That means all they're doing is covering their name, but they're not entering into what it means to be a biblical wife. Because they can work for themselves. They can provide their own income. They can do their own thing. That's not a biblical wife. Did you guys understand what I just said? That's not a biblical wife. And I've seen that all my life. All I've seen my whole life is the modern woman doing her thing. So now kind begets kind. You get a brother, he's raggedy, and a sister that's raggedy, your children are going to be raggedy. I'm sorry. If they come out all right, it's only by the grace of God. You got to hurry up and say, I had nothing to do with that. In fact, I don't even know if these are my kids. These, the Lord must have, when I was asleep, adopted them for me, just put them in my lap, and then I woke up like some kind of secret brain insertion of a chip where I just woke up. These are my kids? They're not acting like me because the way I acted was I was against everybody that wasn't for me being queen, whatever. And then our lazy brothers that are running the streets thinking that they want the blessings of God. God's not going to bless you, brothers walking in rebellion and disobedience and narcissism and think somehow that God's going to endorse your rebellion against him. He's not going to do that. So we have reaped the whirlwind. Now we want to act like we don't know what's going on. I can tell you what's going on. We are out of order and we're walking in darkness and the sword is jabbing each one of us. That's where we are. That's where we are. And I can build this argument extensively. Daniel chapter 9, Daniel lays this out for us in Daniel 9, 5 through 8. You know Daniel. We love to sing Daniel, right? Dare to stand alone. Dare to be a Daniel, right? Fighting against his foes. Daniel lived in the judgment of God against the people of God. And after 70 years of captivity, which corresponds with where the church is today, captivity. You don't even hear the church speaking prophetically today. The best the church can do is entertain folk on the way to hell. They're good at music, but they are not preaching God's word. And they're not holding eternity bound souls to account. And so our churches are mute. They have no trumpet. They got a flute and a guitar, but no trumpet. And what God said is, son of man, 
when I tell you to blow the trumpet against these people and I show you that the enemy is coming and you do not blow the trumpet, their blood is on your hand. So most of our churches are bloody guilty, guilty silence. Because it doesn't understand this role of being prophetic. Prophetic. Before priestly. Prophetic. Let people know the truth. See, right now the lights are on. Are they on? Are the lights on? Right, that's called the Word of God making it plain. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe, worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886-886. 9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.